Speaking about juice and squeeze. Hello again, and welcome to Beyond the Table, a podcast about a team of folks who love publishing and playing board games with topics ranging from capstone games news and industry insights to games we're playing and fun we're having. This is episode 12, recorded on June 21st, and Origins 2022 is in the book. Hey folks, Tim here. It's Josh. Josh number one. Hey, it's Clay. Oh no, it's already started. We got two Joshes going on. Yeah, exactly. In today's episode, after some discussion on our recent gaming stories, potentially including a preview of Catherine, we'll head over to Capstone Corner to cover the latest company news, including multiple Arc Nova printings. However, most of our time will be spent talking about the great time we had at last week's Origins 2022. So let's get this thing started and take the discussion beyond the table. So our last four-player game of Arc Nova lasted 99 minutes. Josh, what did you think? I freaking love that game. It's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, Now that I've got some space to play, I think my wife and I are going to be getting that to the table a lot more often because that game is so solid. Kelly and I have played it a couple of times and both of us really like it as well. So it it is a pretty good two-player experience. Yeah, it really shines there just because... The way that the the card interactions, there's more opportunity to just see what's out there because you don't have four people who could potentially be taking cards off the row. So that just kind of limits some of those interactions and just lets you really focus on finding the combos and starting to race that track around. But I will say if that game lasted the length of time that some people are talking about where, you know, three or four hours, I don't think I could get my wife to play that ever again. Because that's just so long. But, you know, when we're playing a game in hour and a half to hour 45, I mean, that's that's a perfect time for that game. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, that and that was with one new player. So uh, that 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 was actually a conversation that was happening at the booth quite a bit when we were talking to folks about Arc Nova. Um, there were a couple uh, you know, a couple people during the conversations that had some concerns about length of play. And one of the things that came up is I, I, I don't know if people are playing like the game as it's as it's intended. If if you want to make it into a uh, you know a medium heavy euro game, which I or, you know strategy game, um, it's it's probably I mean it could take that that amount of time. But I mean this is really a tactical race game. I mean you're, you're trying to make the most of what you can with what's presented, and and then you kind of like what you're saying, get those two tracks of moving. Uh, stop trying to set up for the uh, you know the 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 one and only combo that you have in your hand because the likelihood of it coming is pretty low. Well, I think a lot of that is just because of the comparisons to terraforming Mars, and the big difference there is that the the tracks in terraforming Mars are communal, so you don't want to race those necessarily unless you've built up what you're looking to build up. The tracks in Arc Nova are your tracks. And so it's a very different experience where you're, you need to be racing those. Otherwise you're going to get left behind. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing. So there's just a lot in that game that, that tricks you into thinking that it's 
uh, a terraforming Mars like game. And it's really not at the end of the day. Um, and that that's, I think, something that we really tried to emphasize at the booth just to let people really see, oh, this game starts to really open up in the decision space once you realize that, hey, this is tactical race, not, hey, let's build my engine forever and see how big a combo I can make. Right. Conservation track, conservation track, conservation track, conservation track, hashtag conservation track. <laughs> it's the only one that matters. I thought, it, I mean, the, the, the starting hand I had was pretty solid for going for conservation heavy. That's kind of what I did out of the gate, just going hard on that. But um, yeah, I just, I love the addictive gameplay where it's just, your turns are quick. You have five choices to make, or you're making one of five choices with your cards. and what you do it's just it's just so fast and like you'll do something and you'll be and maybe you're getting like a research point or something like that with the administration track and by the time you're finishing that decision it's back around to you if you're playing simultaneous like that and it's just it's so quick and very addictive yeah and i think that's the other thing is that is a game where i think a lot of people are trying to watch other people's turns and that's something that might also be slowing people down just because I know that while I was sort of paying attention to what everybody else was doing, I was just focused because by the time I could take my next turn, you guys had already <laughs> taken the, the the turn and gotten it back around to me. And so I think all of us were kind of in that boat. The turns were so fast. Yeah, that's it's, it's just a solid. Yeah. It's basically what I distill it down to is it's a it's a complex game for what it is i mean it is a very complex game with how everything interlinks together but it plays so fast you're not sitting there like just you know do I, how do i want to move my pieces on my board and do all these things your turns are instant and it's just fa- and I, I love it it's it's kind of like an oxymoron like can you have or like a paradox you you have these two different things that shouldn't fit together but they right. do yeah. No, I, I agree. Fulton, other than conservation track, what else do you got to uh to add to your lovely plays of Arc Nova? Don't play with Tim. <laughs> don't don't ever play with Tim. Well, it's it's interesting, Tim, because you're always beating us by forty points. But I did have some people come up to me and tell me that every single player in their four player game mm-hmm. finished with positive points. What is that like? Which <laughs> I don't know. It it blew my mind. They said this, the scores were all within two or three points of each other too. And I was like, must be nice. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, speaking of, and transitioning from Tim beating us at Arc Nova last weekend, Tim broke Terra Mystica. That's not true. He broke it. That's not true. hundred percent broken. hundred percent broken. Broke. I don't know this. Breaking the game. So keep in mind that this was Tim's first play in like five, six years. So just keep that in mind. We sat down. He was playing the Nomads four-player game. I think we had the Chaos Magicians, uh, the Halflings, and I played the Swarmlings. By the end of the game, Tim had built every building. Every His digging track was maxed out. His shipping track was maxed out. He won two cult tracks. And I think placed in the other two. He basically didn't have anything to do on his last turn. Yeah, it was just, how many points can I get from money? That was all his last turn was. There was nothing to build, nothing to upgrade. It was absolutely silly. 
Was like, there a way to stop him from doing no, this? Or did he no. just get into it real fast before he could do anything? And here's the thing. Myself and Brian, who was playing with us, we both play constantly. We're on the app every day playing in a group, uh, another group that the four of us, the, me, him, and a couple of our friends play. And we're playing every day. I mean, I've logged in person, I think, 15, 16 plays of Terra Mystica, and I've probably played another 30 to 40 games on the app, and I couldn't see a way to stop him. Wow. It was ridiculous. Tim's not allowed to be the nomads then. That's (laughs) That's, the rule. He's not allowed to play. (laughs) You You can't can't play with him. (laughs) It doesn't matter what the game is. So in the back of Merchants of the Seas, they have the, the list of like handicaps, essentially. Oh, we just got to give them. I know you got to give them the one that's like negative, like, or no, you need the one that gives you a whole bunch of points at the beginning. Well, I, I should have just turned his yellow board over and made him play the Fakirs, oh. which are generally yeah. considered to be the worst race that you can play in Terra. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Do that next time. Here, Tim, not, you can play this one. be the next time, I don't think, playing with Tim. <laughs> <laughs> not that that's one, at awesome. least. Oh, it was man. a it was a fun one. That, I mean, that was it was one of those things where, yeah, I I mean, some of it I was I was trying to remember how it, how it, everything still worked or how how it worked because the last time so the last time in person you're exactly right, um, Josh. I think I think seriously it was it was 2016, uh, actually a little bit boy early 2016. But we did play an online game maybe maybe two years ago. And, um, but beginning of the pandemic, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. It was, it was right at the beginning. You're right. So 2020, but yeah, it's, um, it's still the game that I, that I thought it was, you know, it was like, um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's, it's okay. Um, I don't know. I, uh, it's not for Yeah. And that's, I I really actually want to pull out Gaia project and try that one again because I haven't played that in a few years since it first came out as well. I remember that having maybe a little bit more, a little bit more openness, not, uh, not as easy to get boxed in maybe. Like you had a problem with being boxed in, <laughs> but Hey Tim, mine's sitting on my shelf, ready to go. Let's go. There you go. He gads. All right. So we got a new, uh, a new voice here. Fulton, can you, uh, give us a lowdown? Who are you? Why are you here? Who do you know? Well, first of all, I'm Josh number one, which has been established. <laughs> Throwing it down. <laughs> first episode, he thinks he's the big boys. Listen, your your mother gave me permission to use that. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she, fair. she literally said, "You're be, you're born before him. You are Josh number one," and I appreciate that's, every ounce of that from your mother. That's that's fair. That's fair. That's, is that a true story? That's a, a true, true story. story. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I've been I've been gaming with Josh and Tim for four years now, I think. That sounds right. We met uh, through a meetup group in our area. Uh, we've just been playing ever since. Uh, so Tim kind of got me into the Capstone family here. I've been to Origins this year and last year. Those are my only conventions. I would have been at PAX last year, but I got COVID, so that got canceled on me. Um, so I've just kind of been helping out doing some play testing and helping out at conventions for a little bit. So hoping to keep that role going. From PAX, that was like, wasn't it like two days before? Yeah, I was bummed. PAX is a solid show. I was going to really say, you guys good. always talk about how good PAX is. It is. Yeah. 
I think it's my favorite in the USA for sure. That's yeah, a neat, neat environment. But yeah, Josh, welcome, man. So, Josh, what did you uh, introduce us all to at uh, Origins? So, we've been playing a lot lately of Rumble Nation. Uh, it is a game designed by Yogi Shinichi, published originally by 77 Spila. Uh, now it's through Hobby Japan. Um, this game, it, it hasn't really had a lot of uh, introduction in the United States market, I don't believe. But it did win the grand prize at the autumn 2018 Tokyo Game Market. So I first saw this game. Uh, it was on a Chairman of the Board YouTube channel. So I, I imported a copy from Amazon Japan. Uh, and it's just kind of taken off. I think we all pretty much enjoy it, with the exception maybe of Brian, <laughs> who just doesn't like area control for some reason. Uh, but we've, we've had a lot of mileage out of this game already, and we've only had it for a couple weeks. Um, so the, the crux of this game is very straightforward area control, but it's, it's one of those really uh, elegant design type games where there's just real simple actions you can take, but the arc of the game is real quick and really interesting at the end. So you've got 11 regions on the map, uh, and you've got tokens put down value 2 through 12, which correspond to the values you can roll on two dice. So on your turn, you're going to roll three dice. Two of those dice are going to determine what region you're going to place your soldiers in, which are just represented by cubes. The third die that you roll is going to tell you how many soldiers you can deploy either one, two, or three soldiers. You roll your dice. If you don't like them, you get one chance to re-roll them all. And then you have to place your, your cubes. That's it. That's how quick the turns are. Yeah. Optionally, there are cards out that give you a special ability. You can use one card per game, which usually is some kind of game-breaking type of ability to move your cubes around or remove cubes or switch cubes to kind of augment your area control. The cool part about this game is at the end, once everybody's got all their cubes on the board, you then go into the scoring round. You start in area two, you go up to area 12 in order, ascending order. Whoever wins the region gets the token that was in that region. So if you score region two, you get token two, and that's worth two points. Second place person gets half of the points rounded down. The coolest part is the winner of that region then gets to reinforce any neighboring region with two soldiers, so long as they have a cube in that region already. So you start chaining together your victories and really throwing a bunch of soldiers on the board during scoring without ever having to place them during the actual placement phase. So, so what were we calling that? Exploding soldiers? Exploding soldiers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because they were, I mean, in, in, I think it's the opposite, right? And well, and it was one of those things. It was, um, that was always the part, like at the end of the game that I'll, I would notice about halfway through the game. I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm setting up for that. And then you would see someone who had right. really laid that out and just would chain one victory to another, to another. And you didn't, I mean, it doesn't matter how many you win by you win, you win one victory by one and you have four adjacent um, areas that you have a cube in, boom, two's going to each of those other areas. Right. So there's this cool balance of, 
a really cool balance of trying to spread your soldiers out, but also have enough in the regions to win them so that when you do win, you've got places to go. Yep. This is a 20 minute game with a teach. Yeah. So it's lightning quick. The turns are lightning quick and it's just super fun. You're chucking dice, but you do have a little bit of agency over the results of them. So we, we had a ton of fun with this at uh, Origins. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's El Grande meets Can't Stop in 20 minutes. Yep. That's a good yes. description. Like that right there is just, you, you get all the El Grande feel of like putting the cubes out there and trying to score the different areas. And you got the cards that kind of break the game. You, you, only, you only use one, but it's still there. Like, and then you got the can't stop mechanism with the dice. Like that's, it's so solid. I was going to say the cards I like, because I always figure out like, when's the best time to play the, you take your card action. And it's, this depends on what your position is in the game, but I always, I don't know. I'm always like antsy, like, Oh my gosh. And clay, there's a little push your luck with that too, because once one player has deployed all of their cubes, that card row shuts down. So Absolutely. if you don't if you don't use it by then you you've lost your chance. Yeah, that's the thing you play with because it's such a there's enough time for somebody to kind of counteract the move that you did with those cards. At least I feel that way. So you don't want to like do it super early, but you also want to you can't wait too long to do it because then you're not going to be able to do it at all. So I I love that little mechanism there. It's really a situational mechanism that you you want to take you know, advantage of it the most you can, but at that same time, exactly like what you're saying, you can't wait too long. Otherwise the chance is gone. So yeah, it's, it's a, well, and you don't just have the issue with the, uh, the whole row shutting down. Every action can only be taken by one player. So once one person goes there, it's that one's out of the game. It's gone. Yeah. I think I had that happen at origins. Somebody, Oh, it was probably Tim. We're going to blame Tim on that one. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. uh, took, took, he so, took my card. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that the, the other interesting part of those cards is that's your entire turn. So you have to sacrifice putting people out on the board and possibly slowing yourself down to, to do that. And with the tiebreaker being who got rid of their cubes first, that's huge. Like slowing yourself down. If, if, ev- if other people aren't doing it, then you can put yourself in a very precarious position where uh, you might not put your cubes out as fast, end up with a third or fourth tiebreaker. And any of those areas you end up tied in, you've just sacrificed because you used a card. Yeah. That tiebreaker is so good in that game. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. I like that tiebreaker better than uh, this is totally random. But the king is dead. We played that, and that's like a game about tiebreakers. <laughs> it is a game about playing for the tiebreaker, for it's sure. Playing for the tiebreaker. But tiebreakers are important in Rumble Nation, but it's not the end all, be all. You're not playing for that. So I don't know if there's any correlation there with that. But this package, Rumble Nation, blew me away, Josh, when you showed that, and the the fact that we played it in 25 minutes, including teaching the game. And just the amount of decision depth that you have through it's it's just a wonderful experience that you get in such a compact amount of time. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really it's a really neat one, and I've I've also seen it now since I purchased it. Jamie Stegmeyer uh, did his uh, favorite mechanism uh, YouTube channel. He featured it on there. I also saw it. I believe it was just yesterday morning, Monday morning. It was on Board Game Breakfast. So I think it's I think it's starting to make the rounds here in the U.S. 
Yeah. I think uh, somebody will pick it up. Yeah, I hope so. It looks good. No, we've, we've had a lot a lot of fun with that one. Lots of, kind of like what you were saying, Fulton, lots of uh, early plays. It's a, it's only been around a couple yeah. couple of weeks, and it's it's quickly becoming the that's unusual for us to yeah exactly to go to those. Speaking of early plays, Foundation of Rome has seen quite a bit of play since Origin. It has. So yeah, this is this is one that um, I was I had some interest in. I was a little bit concerned. Some of the early uh, conversations and comments I was hearing and reading about the uh, how light it was, but it was still one I kind of wanted to put my eyes on and just see uh, a little bit of w- what I saw. So Foundations of, of Rome. This is uh, Arcane Wonders. Uh, title uh, designed by Emerson Matsuchi, medium light to I'll say quite light polyomino tile laying uh, city building game with a, um, a, a light like a, a deed uh, economy. So you're you, you got a situation where you are you, you've got some some cards in a river, and uh, based on where they are in the in, in that river, you you can purchase them, and that gives you. Um, basically ownership of that location on a, uh, on a square grid. And the whole idea is um, with, with this game, I mean, I got a couple questions here. Is it overproduced? Yes. Is it a better game because of it? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, the, the, it, 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 without the overproduction, without the minis, without the, uh, the, the building setup of, of what you get from, uh, you know, every player has a set. I think it's like 24, uh, miniature buildings without that i don't know that it has the the, the pull or the draw that uh that it does with so um this is a game you start with uh six d's or spaces um and, and you just put your markers out on those six spaces and that's like your your starting location actions there are only three in the game either you buy a deed from that river i was talking about you collect income which is going to be going to be based on just a, a a level 5 uh value plus whatever economy buildings that you have out on the uh out on the uh on the board and then the other action is construct a building there's three different types of buildings commerce which again they increase your income population which increase your value on a population track which is another track that you're trying to increase as you go that has some end around and end game scoring and then civic buildings which are also have very uh, specific end around and end game uh, scoring just based on adjacencies what's next to it not only your buildings but other players buildings as well so there's a little bit of that i mean it's uh, i'm not going to call it area area control but you are really setting up for a lot of adjacencies not only with yourself but also with uh, other players in the in the game so yeah with with that one I'll, let's see. So it was Thursday origins. I walked in, that was um, maybe lunchtime. I think I walked over there just to see, see what was going on. I, I really, really liked what, uh, what the display was there. I hung, hung around for a little bit, talked to a couple people about it. Maybe later in the, later in the afternoon, I went over to sit at the uh, demo table just to get a quick, uh, you know, just wanted to take a couple turns and just, just see what was, uh, what was going on. So I sat down, um, it was a fresh table, so they were looking for players. I give Fulton a call. He's with a friend. I said, hey, head over to booth XYZ. I can't even remember what it was. But um, he showed up, and he was shaking his head. <laughs> he, was, he was like, nope, not interested. 
Because originally this was one that I saw on Kickstarter. I'm like, oh, it, it looks fine. Like I, I just looked overproduced and I was like, oh, another, you know, multi-hundred dollar Kickstarter I don't need. So I just kind of overlooked it. But I'll tell you what, Tim, first of all, whoever was teaching that game, I don't, I didn't see his name. It was one of the best teaches I've ever seen for a yeah, game. I agree. I mean, he crushed I it. I agree. And then number two, about four or five turns in, Tim and I look over at each other and we just smile and shake our head. <laughs> And then as soon as that teach is over, <laughs> Tim walks over and buys the game. Oh, he bought more than just well, the game. He bought well, So I, t- I took the game to, yeah. or they actually grabbed one and took it to the uh, counter. And Fulton was sitting beside, or standing beside me. And what they asked, do you want the solo? And Fulton, what'd you say? Yep. <laughs> yes, he does. Said, yep. <laughs> do you want the first layer marker? <laughs> yes, he does. Yep. <laughs> It's silly. Like, they already know the answer right. to those questions. <laughs> yeah. Who no, are we kidding? Yeah, Come on. I mean, they, they know the answers. You already spent it 200 bucks. What's another 50? He's in so deep already. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I will say we, we played the other day with uh, uh, several of those extra modules, the monuments. We played with the objective cards and all those, the other little things just outside of the base game itself. It, it really did add to the game and made it feel a little more complete. So if you're looking for something simple, you've got it. If you're looking for something a little more complicated, you've got it. This is, it, it's got a lot of stretch to it, I think. There were a handful of extra modules. So uh, the monuments, which are, they're publicly available, but you have to meet certain criteria in order for them to be available for you to construct. But you can construct, once you meet that criteria, you can construct them as if they were one of your buildings. You put it out there, put a special marker on it, it applies to you, can't be taken away. That was another thing I kind of liked about this game, even with the deeds and with your buildings. Once it's yours, it's yours. You don't have to necessarily worry about someone, you know, swiping it away from you. So, I mean, that kind of sets up for a, a little bit of a nicer often, unless, you know, someone's um, buying a deed out, out from under or something like that. But for the most part, I mean, it's it's a we're building this thing together. Let's see who can uh, who can make the most of it. So that was monuments, objectives. There's a uh, you know a stack of cards that, uh, and you can play with the objectives either hidden or public. We played hidden, so everyone got a couple at the very beginning, and you get to choose one. Rolls. It was a uh, player rolls. It basically gave you like a starting position, or it just gave you a little bit, little bit of a, a boost or a, or a special power, I guess, throughout the rest of the uh, rest of the game. Now, one of the one of the modules we didn't try that I was kind of interested in was stealing and trading. So that's, that's when it's, it's like everyone starts off with some coins that are, if you don't use them by the end, they're worth points. But if you do use them, you can get a little bit more of that interaction. And then also the, um, there's a co-op mode, which we almost played this last weekend, but instead we, uh, we pulled out Robinson Crusoe, which had been on a, uh, a hiatus for, again for me for boy that, that was a uh, probably 2015 hadn't touched that so so yeah that was a it, it was a the overall foundations around really really liked it so far i i got that solo um the series gardens that is i mean it's a little different it, it doesn't necessarily have the um the table presence of what you would have when you have a multiplayer game, but it it still provided enough of a, a neat little puzzle that you can knock out in forty five minutes to an hour. So no, I'm I'm super uh, super happy with that purchase. We're trying to talk into 
one of the guys that's that's in our group who's a architect to get in on that one as well he kept going by the booth hoping that they would magically generate more after they had sold out i think what like part way through friday i think it was maybe by lunch they were all gone yeah that game i, I think you're right with the is it overproduced but it's better because of it because when you place all your buildings on the main board, it really comes to life. And it's also a heck of a lot easier to see which spaces are not taken. You know what I mean? Like what's still available. I couldn't imagine that with Paul, like a, you know, standard two millimeter cardboard token on there. That would be really, I know this, the numbers would be covered up, but just having that extra depth and height. It's really cool. All right. Well, very good. I'll tell you what. Let's, uh, with that, let's head over to Capstone Corner and see what's new on the president's desk. All right, everybody. It's been a long time since we've done this. I don't even know the last time we had a podcast but we're back after origins and it was a good time arc nova is coming back into stock we have multiple printings out there we just literally unloaded a truck today of arc nova and then we've got more processing through los angeles and uh, another printing was finished at the factory last week and so that's that's getting on a boat now and then we're also putting in an additional print run on top of that. So I believe that's print run number six that we're on. It's just been, it's been insane. And I'm very, very thankful for the success that it's seen. We're at top nine now on Board Game Geek. Um, it's looking like it's going to overtake Gaia Project here in a minute. So it's, it's pretty cool. I think it's really well-deserved, too. From everybody's experience at Origins, just the demo table was just packed. And I think a lot of people are really happy with the game and it's very satisfying another little tidbit of news we have Catherine and rift force beyond are arriving at the end of this month june so we'll be getting those out to pre-order customers as soon as they come in and then more juicy fruits the second printing it's finally getting here it's just one of those delays in la i mean we're all it's kind of getting out of this Container delay, I don't really want to jump into that too much, but um, we're starting to see a lot of improvement on that on that front. We also have Terra Nova coming at Essen and a couple other releases. I think there's about four releases we haven't announced yet um, that are, we're just finalizing right now. So a lot more great things are coming and uh, just really excited to share these titles with everybody. So yeah, looking forward to coming up with Gen Con here soon and that's really what we're doing at Capstone, just supporting Arc Nova and all the releases we've got right now. All right, very good. So t- Terra Nova, that is what a lighter version of Terra Mystica, smaller, smaller box. Correct. Small- yeah. So yeah, is it a smaller box, shorter time frame? Is that is is that the the big thing there? That's the uh, the pitch. There is it's about sixty to ninety minutes, two to four players. Um, what's been stripped out are a Quite a few things. Um, the, the core is you're, you're dealing with power and money. Uh, those are the two resources that you'll be playing with. There's also, I believe, five 
uh, different types of terrain in this version as well. So a little bit more simplified, streamlined version, if you will. It'll definitely speed the game up. And I'm, I'm hoping that this can kind of pull in people that are interested in Terra Mystica, but are a little too nervous to try a more complex game. And plus, you can play Terra Nova pretty much any day of the week, even on a school night, which is kind of a bonus there. So that's what we got with Terra Nova. No, very good. And and Arc Nova, it has been, it, it seems like in the top four or five of the hotness since, I don't know, last September. Is that, I mean, is that about right? <laughs> it's been wild. <laughs> yeah, we, we keep an eye on it and, you know, I don't know what algorithms are at play. Yeah. I don't know how that's calculated, but just, I mean, that I think, I mean, Scott Alden, that board game geek, he's, he's a computer guy. He knows. I think it's justified is kind of what I'm getting at because there's a lot of talk about the game. The forums are busy all the time. Everybody's kind of talking about it and you can go on Etsy and you can see all these awesome versions that people are creating for the game, like acrylic displays and 3d printed tokens and whatnot for, for the game. It's just, I just love that support. It's really cool to see just the community kind of building up the game to their liking. That's, um, Let's see. What was it? Maybe a couple of weeks ago, Fulton, you and I were at um, at, at Brian's house, and he he broke out a uh, a 3D printed insert that was it, it pretty much matched the colors of the box, and uh, it was it, it was pretty decked out. It was it was a pretty cool insert. Yeah, the the fandom. Once you get the fandom going, and they start making stuff for it, you know it's you know it's a hit. Yeah, it's. I don't think we've ever had a game like that really, and just to see everybody kind of embracing the game and it's, it's really special. So we're, I'm very thankful for it and hopefully we can keep this thing going. we got expansions in the works too. I was talking to the, the team today and um, they're wrapping up the expansion. Hopefully um, the first half of next year, we'll see something come out available and um, they're just play testing like so many days of the week. It's, I heard, I heard today, uh, Bastion at Fireland from Germany. He was like, "We just got done with a playtest session last week. We did it. We started at 10 a.m. and we finished at 10 p.m. We played like five or six games of Ark Nova. <laughs> Jeez, man, they're going crazy. So it's it's really exciting. I mean, everybody, the designers, Matthias is very, uh, very excited. To, he's coming out with all these different ideas for the game and, and what to do. So. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. That's cool. Very good, very good. Yeah, I was reading up a little bit on that uh, actually just this past week uh, because one of the questions I, I I know that I kept getting when we were at, at Origins was about potential expansions. You know, potential promos, potential expansions, and that was one I I was like I I don't know at least at that time I I didn't know I w- wasn't be surprised if there was uh, some some activity on expansions came back and I was, I was looking, there's a, a bunch of notes from uh Fairland on, on a couple of the items that, that were being looked at. One was a, it sounded like a special um, oh, enclosure type of, uh, of aquariums. So it sounded, it sounded and some yes. people were pretty excited about that as well. Yeah. So at Gen Con, we're going to do uh, a special promo. We're going to do something really special. We have an event, and that was one of the things I got at Origins was some people will come up and 
they're looking at the events at Gen Con and we, we have one listed and I think it was room for 85 or 80 something in the eighties. And it sold out in less than three minutes. And people were like, yeah, I was like line in line in the digital <laughs> queue, like number 200 and something. And there's no way for me to get into that. Can I still partake? And yeah, absolutely. I mean, the day after, which is Saturday, just come to the booth at Gen Con and we'll have all that stuff there. But yeah, it's just the, that that excitement for this game is is unreal, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna definitely support this game 100 percent for the foreseeable future. That's cool. Very good. Very good. But yeah, that's what we got going, man. So 2022 Origins, booth 1112. That was where the party was at, so I've heard. Oh, it was huge. <laughs> <laughs> this is not, not beat around the bush. That was pretty. We were slammed. <laughs> I, I think it was mainly due to the design of the booth. So <laughs> who's, who's trying to take credit? <laughs> pretty sure it's just the, the, the physical setup of the booth was just so spot on. People couldn't help but go buy the games. It was very aesthetically pleasing, I must say. I mean, the best part was there weren't any curves. It was all very straight lines. That was why people loved it so much. No curves. 90 degree angles. That's that's important. Right. Man, that is like the biggest thing is every year or every show really, it's like, okay, what are we how are we going to position our booth? What's it going to look like? And we have, we have a general idea, but once you get going, it's I mean, we we made it come together and was it Fulton? Josh, did you come up with that? Or who did that? Because I, I think it was mostly Tim. And then okay. Tim and I just, I just kinda, remember Tim wins again. <laughs> around a little bit. Well, we have, we well, have I was gonna say we room. were trying to figure out you had mentioned that idea. Boy, I'd you know, I'd like I'd like people to to kind of walk through the booth and, and experience you know, experience going going through it and, and we were trying to figure out what we could do with what right. we had. And um yeah, I was I was pretty happy with what we were able to uh, to come up with. I mean, it created an inviting space where people came out of the aisle. Uh, you know, in the past we tended to have a little bit of a wall of games, and then we would go out and meet and talk with people more in the aisle. And this was uh, th- this gave a little bit of a buffer where folks that were interested or you know wanted to lean in a little bit, they they would just k- take a couple steps onto the carpet, and that made it very easy to uh, to know who to who to go approach and not feel like you're like just, you know, uh, just cold calling people out of the, out of the aisle. Yeah. Well, and to that point, Tim, it allowed us to have really good conversations with folks that wanted to stop and talk. We weren't just selling games. We were actually getting to have nice conversations with people about things other than games too. A lot of people just, they want to talk. They want to tell about the hobby and talk about their lives. And it was, it was really good time. And then they'd ask a question about Terra Mystica, and you'd be turn around and be like, "Yep, I'm not the guy you want to talk to about <laughs> That's that." That's the guy. <laughs> and you crushed it every time. Because I'd be standing there next to the Terra Mystica boxes, playing Terra Mystica on my phone. <laughs> because that's about as on brand as one can be for Terra Mystica. <laughs> that's great. Apparently, we need to send them to Tim from now on, though. Oh, geez, <laughs> kids. <laughs> 
Yeah, I liked how we, because in, in the past you mentioned we had a big wall of games. Um, Fulton was like, we got to, that's too tall of a shelf. So we took the top layer off, and I was super hesitant about that. I, I didn't see it. And once you guys, once we got all the shelves out, we put it in this. First, there was an arc of shelves, which was, it was so bad. But we got it. <laughs> no, we got it going, though, like this. Like you guys mentioned, it was like a storefront where you could just walk in to the booth and you're looking at like retail shelves of, of so many different games that we have. And like you said, it just brings out natural conversation. And that, that felt good. It just was a good, I think it was our best booth layout we've ever yeah, done. No, I, so I, I, I thought so too. And it was, I mean, that height was perfect for us uh, non-giants who can look over the six foot shelves and still see <laughs> oh, everyone <gosh>. fully. And <laughs> that's just cause I was wearing stilettos last time. Okay. That's the only reason I could see. Oh, thanks for that picture. I don't know if I'm getting that one out. <laughs> is that called, is it. that called rent free? I'm trying to try to keep up with the kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's rent free in your head right there. And and I'm pretty sure we have a great. Uh, I, had to, I had to beat you somehow, man. You always win at these games, so got to get back at you. <laughs> J- uh, our booth was hopping, but there was plenty of other really cool stuff to see there. I know that. I mean, the game crafter had a really cool booth that was set up like a candy store. Like you just go in and scoop in your bags, and you can buy all the bits you could ever want. And there was a couple interesting games to see. Um, I know I bought a game called Cleos um, that looked interesting to me based on Greek mythology. I know. So excited. <laughs> Fulton and I went and looked at Empire's End by Brotherwise, which looks really cool. So there there was a lot of cool stuff to see. So it was it was a really good convention for being able to kind of see a lot of the other companies and you know, see what they're doing and, and get the show off. Empire's End, was that the... Fulton, what do you think? Oh, sorry. Oh, oh sorry. I was just going to say Empire's End. Was that the space base slash no thanks medieval combo? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. Essentially, you start with an empire of, and I don't remember how many tiles were there, but you have like 150 points. Yeah, 150 victory points that you start with. Everybody starts with the same thing. And then these negative events get flipped out and you have to spend resources like in no thanks where you spend your chips to say, no, I don't want that to hit my my kingdom or whatever. Until eventually somebody's like, well, you know, I'll take the hit to get these 10 resources or whatever. Gotcha. And then the card that gives a negative effect, it destroys part of your empire, but it gives you a buff as well that gets tucked into your to your empire. And so it, it just looks like a really neat kind of engine manipulation no thanks combination kind of thing right. going on yeah that was uh it was really cool because fulton and i went over to the booth and we're kind of just looking at the game not really planning on demoing or anything and then one of the you know titular brothers and brotherwise uh came over and uh he was like do you want to demo and we're like no nah, we're just kind of looking and he was like but josh was like well hey uh, i'll at least hear a sales pitch and he said his first sentence and Josh and I simultaneously sat down at the table. He's like, well, it starts with uh, something like, no, thanks. And we're like, <laughs> okay, you had my interest. Now you have my attention. It, t- it, it takes no thanks and makes it into like a game, like a, a solid game, not just something you sit around and, and 
you know, have fun with, but yeah. it, it actually gives you some decision space to work with, which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm interested in that one after you guys talked about it like that. No, thanks. We, we do that a lot at conventions and having it in a more deeper experience, I think it's going to be really cool. No, I yeah. agree. The other one that we, we searched for the whole convention until what Sunday was our own game, Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So da- David Waybright from man versus people has it. And uh, cause he was doing some video coverage on it and he, he handed it off to us and we, we showed that on Sunday and I don't know if we'd show it to anybody, but we, we didn't really show it. Played we it. just sat down and played a game, but you got a little bit of interest from people just walking by yeah, people were stopping. on that. That was really cool to see. Yeah. So it's kind of a, Hey, this is the end of origins, but in a couple of weeks we'll be at Gen Con. Come and check it out. I think it went over well. Yeah, no, I thought, thought so as well. That, and that was a, that was another f- fun play. You know, it's a, a little bit of a, a card. Um, what would you say? Card management. Uh, you're using some cards. Yeah, for almost actions. like a hand management. Type. Yeah. Yep. It's like a hand management. Well, you, you, but you have to manage your hand because I know that some of the things triggered based on what cards you had in your hand. Right. Like one of the actions, right. you, you, you trigger the action, but then you have to have a certain thing to discard in your hand to make the action more powerful or whatever. So you've got to manage your hand. You've got to manage your tableau. And then you've got to also build your network on the map, which, of course, Tim did better than everybody else. Did, so Tim broke it? Tim broke it already? Tim broke, Tim broke it, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, man. So normal yes. people will have fun with it, but Tim's already solved it. Hey, there, there is a golden rule. If a game has endgame scoring, don't ignore it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huge. Except in the games when all of us start focusing on end game scoring and Tim finds a way to get all the points from everything else. Well, yeah, you can't, you can't do what everyone else is doing. Come on. That's the, that's the corollary to the golden rule. (laughs) Did you see the, the game, uh, at, at origins green team wins. It's like a party game. No, I didn't see that. It's called green team wins. And basically it's like a, just a party game. I didn't even sit down and play. I haven't played it, but you, you choose from, there's a question that gets popped up and everybody chooses their answer and whoever's in the majority wins. But I, I think from now on, we just need to make Tim wins a game. <laughs> <laughs> Tim always I'm pretty, wins. I'm pretty sure you, you did with uh, TKR. Whenever we talk about playing three kingdoms, Redux, what That's is it true. you say? What What is it you say? Well, you, you always ask. Oh, yeah, just yeah. Log a play you always ask if you want to play. And I said, no, there's no reason to. Just log a play. You won. Good job. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's like Ark Nova. I mean, <laughs> we were playing that, and Josh Fulton, you were like, I'm just having fun building my zoo. I don't care what Tim's doing. Yeah, I, well, I know I'm not going to win the game. And, <laughs> so I just built a fun little zoo. Yeah. Was, Screw that guy. I was laughing at that pretty good. <laughs> but what you so Fulton? A real quick question on this: like you mentioned that, so like your first convention was Origins last year in 2021, which I'm going to be honest was horrible from my experience. It was just was not a good show. This was a lot better. It was more back to normal what we typically see. Um, they did have masking and vaccination requirements, which obviously that's not 
normal. But what did you like? What was your takeaway on on the differences? I guess between the two. So let me preface this by saying I am an introvert at heart, and every single thing <laughs> about the convention scene should turn me off. I should hate everything about yeah. it. Yeah, but there is just something about it that draws me to it. I had a wonderful time. Like I said, just talking to people about random things. They come up, talk about games and they start talking about their life. Just having cool conversations with some, some board game shop owners across the country that had come in just to look at the new stuff and just meeting new people. It's really good time. This year definitely was different. You're right. It was a lot bigger. Uh, last year was nice though, to kind of cut my teeth on the, the real small convention scene. Yeah. But yeah, things the masking from what I saw at least, the masking was not an issue. Most people seem to be mostly following that and I didn't right. see too many problems with that. Uh and I Yeah, I meant like uh what I meant by that was like no like pre-covid times you didn't have that. But I followed your claim. Definitely different. It was definitely a good experience for sure. Yeah. That's good to hear, man. I mean, it was fun. I I had a blast. Oh, me too. Clay, what would you say the um, size size comparison this year, 2022 to previous or, or yeah, pre-pandemic? It's It seemed to me like it was a pr- pretty close, if not the same size as, as what it was, say, 2019 and before. I don't know, honestly, because um, there were no media, major media outlets there, Board Game Geek. Dice Tower That's didn't true. Really have a presence That's there. That's true. Um, and those typically pull a little bit bigger of a crowd. And you got, it used to, like in 2019, we were doing interviews and they had their BGG TV from Origins uh, live stream stuff um, where you would show your newest games and whatnot. And I, I kind of miss that because that, it just kind of brings more excitement to the show. This just felt to me like, and I'm just being completely honest here like the the footprint of origins itself i think was the largest it's ever been because it was one hall one and a half halls of exhibit space and it just it was huge it was a, it was a big footprint but especially on thursday it was it was almost a ghost town i hate to say it but friday i noticed i don't know if you guys did too but like as the day went on towards uh, closing time it got pretty busy on Friday night. And then Saturday was picked right back up and it was slammed. And then Sunday, um, it felt like everybody had kind of left and maybe local people were just kind of hanging around. But um, yeah, just it's hard for me to put a number on the actual amount of people because the bigger space, there were wider halls, which was awesome. I like the wider halls. just doesn't feel as crowded especially on Saturday. Um, so it's really hard for me to gauge like where, where it lies with the amount of people that attended this year. No, I hear you. And th- that's it, it, what you just described is exactly what I thought qualitatively, what I saw throughout the days as well. I mean, we had a little bit of a, a rush on Thursday morning and then that kind of tapered off throughout the day. Yeah. The Thursday morning rush was funny because it was literally just people walking up. They would buy a copy of Ark Nova and they would walk out. Yeah. It was just it a was, stream. Yeah. I'm here for Ark Nova. Yeah. I want it now. 
Yep. Not even not even a conversation. Nope, just me, give it to me and I'm going to That was the away. first 90 minutes. It was just uh here's your game, take take the money. Here's your game, take the money. <laughs> um and after that yeah. it kind of tapered off yeah. and then Friday was almost that the opposite. Kind of like what you were saying, it was it was super quiet early, but then it kind of grew throughout the day. So yeah, it was a interesting interesting couple of days there. It felt like the hall presence was bigger. But I, it felt like all of the ancillary stuff, all the stuff that happens outside the exhibit hall and kind of the open play area, like all the meeting rooms and like the the other spaces that typically you see filled with people, there wasn't any of that. That's what I think contributed making it feel a little emptier at times, just because we, we didn't you didn't see kind of all that interesting like cosplay and you know lectures and and groups meeting and all of that that usually happens not in the exhibit halls but kind of outside in the the spaces right outside there there weren't as many people hanging out in the hallways you know like the uh the people who usually bring the mech simulators right. i didn't see those that's right um like all of that cool stuff that happens in the hallways wasn't there and i think that might have been part of uh just making it feel like it wasn't as filled as it normally is i agree with that i mean that's a good point it's the ancillary yeah, that's that's kind of like ties into the whole media major media outlets not being like blue pig pink pig um they usually throw a, a big party at callahan's and it's really fun to go to those things and you know connect with everybody um outside of the exhibit hall and just kind of relax and share a drink or two and yeah just I, maybe there were some of those i just didn't i wasn't aware of them but it just yeah josh you kind of hit the nail on the head there in my opinion on the 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 feel outside the exhibit hall yeah it felt a little lower key on that on that side of it yeah you're i, I totally agree especially now that you're the way you described it and the more i'm thinking about it that was it definitely had a different than the nighttime activities definitely had a different feel that's that's a good point Perhaps it was because the exhibited hall didn't have spicy margaritas. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Dude. Clay, any comments? You're talking about the mariachi. Is this what yeah. we're talking about? Mariachi? The spicy margaritas at the Hilton. Oh my God. <laughs> Those were so <laughs> really good. Yeah. We had an Airbnb. And we thought it would be cool to do a big Airbnb. And Tuesday we come in after everybody drives in and we set up the booth 90%. We get everything built except putting product out. And it's a three hour push of just nonstop, fast paced moving and lifting and assembling. So many goddamn banners. Oh my God. <laughs> content warning. Content warning. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so many banners and we get done and we're like, let's just go check into the Airbnb and we get in there and first of all it's like this communal area where there's three different units that share this common courtyard which isn't a big deal it's just kind of different than what you're used to and we open the door and as soon as you walk into this place it was just like Snoop Dogg just left <laughs> and it was, I mean <laughs> It, it was dang. And I, I remember 
Did anybody like if you guys like put your hand on the counter and just have to like sit there and like be like, Am I high right now? Because this is so potent. It was the rate I had that. It was the radon getting to you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you, you, you opened the door and I swear I saw a cloud come out. I swear. It was so bad. And then And then you have me being like, What's that smell? I wonder what that smell could yeah. be. Oh, it was. I mean, it was even everywhere else. I, there's even more to that we can even touch on at the hill. But, <laughs> um, but basic, long story short is we all find our room, and I took a shower, and we're gonna go eat. And Tim's like, I gotta go back downstairs real quick. And we hear, uh, "Hey guys, uh, wasn't here earlier." <laughs> so we're all like, "What the hell's going on?" And we walk down there, and there's like a pool of water. By the sump pump, and in the and a giant roach on the countertop, like dying. Uh, let's be clear, cockroach. <laughs> just given what you were just talking about, let's be clear, it was a cockroach. Yeah. And Robbie was dying. We named him. Somebody named him Robbie. I don't. Robbie the roach. That, that would be Tim. That would be Tim. Rest in peace, Robbie. <laughs> yeah. As we were walking out, it was R.I.P. Robbie. All right. <laughs> but then Tim's like the radon system isn't even functioning properly. The, the two levels were the same. Reading. Yeah, and then to top to top it all off, we we tried it. We're just like, screw it. I was messaging the Airbnb people, but we're like, let's just go get some food. And we try to lock the back door, and the back door wouldn't even lock. <laughs> So we're not about to just leave all our stuff there with other people around in a lo- unlocked room. We're just not safe. So I called the Hilton and was like, "Listen, here's what's going on. Can you find a way to get us two two rooms? That's all I'm asking for." <laughs> yeah, sure, no problem. You got you. And rolled, rolled up to the Hilton and the and Josh's trail boss, trail boss, <laughs> trail boss, trail boss. <laughs> So good. And uh, <laughs> we got checked in and it was great. Um, that So we kind of kind of stick with hotels from here on out. I was going to say, <laughs> it was a good idea and it looked good online. And then you get there in real life right. and it's like, boy, I don't know if this is what we were thinking. Yeah, it was not. It was, it was super nice, though, just being able to walk across the bridge to the convention hall and just be there. From the Hilton, yes, because yeah. we were about fifteen minute walk for sure from this place. You guys were even talking about getting breakfast food and making it in the morning, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, we would have definitely gotten some eggs and some breakfast meats and made some breakfast. Sure, Robbie would have liked some of that too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know how we got onto the Airbnb, but that was that was Tuesday for us and. What a, what an That's a solid thank you, Clay. Thanks for making magic happen at the Hilton. Yep. That was. I don't even. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, we. It was funny because, like, I, I swear to God, man. Like, maybe this isn't right for this podcast, but it just smelled like there was weed everywhere. everywhere. Even like as we're walk, walking by our to our hotel room, like two doors <laughs> down, you're just in the hallway, and it's just like you get hit in the face with this cloud, and it's just like. What the heck is going on in there, man? <laughs> in the hotel. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, it might, might have been all of Columbus. 
Just going to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. It was even outside out. Yeah. It was every, I mean, I don't have a problem with people doing that. It's just, it was like very pungent. You could smell oh, yeah, it. it was. Very, it's very strong and skunky. Not used to that. But hey, Fulton brought the most wonderful beef jerky in the world for when we got the munchies. So. If we would have stayed at the Airbnb, man, we would need backup because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Strolling into Origins. What's up, guys? <laughs> I, up and... I don't even know. Uh, Clay, did you want to talk about anything about the um, the booth staff? And it, we had a little bit of different um, different setup this year. Yeah. So besides us, um, Justin was also there um, in and out. He had he had he just bought a house and was moving in and whatnot. Local to Columbus, but it was us four. And um, this year. Capstone, we partnered with the Envoy team, Double Exposure Envoy. And Vince has, has been kind of like hitting me up pretty good on that. And um, I decided to give it a shot at PAX Unplugged last year and signed a deal. And um, he brought out all kinds of great opportunities for Capstone. We had a, we had a, uh, we had a, a room with tournaments being run throughout the show. We also had three event tables outside of the exhibit hall. Um, that were fully staffed for, I want to say, 12 hours each day with different games being demoed. And these are three different tables. So it, that's in addition to our exhibit hall presence. And just having that opportunity was was awesome. But the team that we had, um, so we had Jason, Joey, Bruce, Mike, Dan, I think another Jason in there too. Yep. Two we had Jasons. two Jasons. Um, these guys were incredible. I mean, just the, the energy, the attitude, I, the attitude was was the greatest attitude I've ever seen. I mean, just genuine. Everybody was excited to be there and just happy to talk about games. Um, I hooked them up real good at the end <laughs> of the show, though, with all kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome, and I just I really appreciate the help that our envoy team, everybody that put in this work to get this show going because. As your booth presence gets bigger and bigger and more people want to come out to your booth, it's very, it's, it's tiring. It's draining, but with, with everybody there to help support it and pull everybody up, I, I couldn't have asked for a better team. That was, that was incredible. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was going to say. That was the first time I had been involved in, in something like that uh, as well. And it seemed like the, the coverage that we had for the games and, and everyone was super, they were super flexible. Like we had, we switched up a couple things throughout the, uh, throughout the four days and everyone was real quick to, Oh yeah, no problem. Let's, uh, you know, let, let's tear that table down and put, put something else up. Uh, we started out with a, you know, a couple, couple games of Watergate going and, uh, with the big push for Arc Nova ended up going with a third Arc Nova table that didn't, you know, it, it yep. didn't, uh, let's see, it wasn't empty. I, I don't think throughout the rest of the days. So it was, uh, it, one of those things where, again, folks, uh, being super flexible, being super like on the, on the spot with, with what we were uh, trying to offer allowed us to make some decisions on the fly that, uh, that it, again, it just made us put, be able to put stuff out that, that, uh, folks at the convention were looking for. So no, that, that was a, that was a really neat side of it. And also what it is allowed, um, allowed us to be able to uh, do exactly what, what Fulton and Deadmead were talking about, which is just, just talk with folks. 
yeah, we, uh, just have some some conversations with with folks that had questions about Capstone, had questions about games, just wanted to talk. Uh, I had um, one of the guys who was one of the leaders for the mega game that uh, that they ran there came over, and he and I talked for 10, 15 minutes just on on that uh, as a genre and how it had been going and the ups and downs of, of uh, participation and all the, all the fun stuff that went along with that. So it was a lot of neat neat conversations to be had. Fulton, how many teachers did you end up talking to throughout the weekend? Probably probably a dozen on and off. Yeah, we I mean we had we had like three or four maybe that were in on the, booth. the envoy team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to give a, another, cause I, I forgot to mention John, uh, who was running the event hall tables and especially towards the end of the show, I think on Saturday and Sunday we would get like, he would wrap up a game of Savannah park. That was one of the games he was teaching. And I would know what game he was just finishing demoing because people would like all of a sudden like Savannah park sales start going up. And a couple of times people would say that guy, John is just the nicest guy. <laughs> and he just made this game so enjoyable and just really great demo experience. And I just, I had to, I pulled him aside. I was like, man, this is crazy. You like, you should see what people are saying. I wish I could record it when it happens just so you could hear it. It's just very positive feedback. And, and that, that wasn't just John either. I mean, a lot of the other booth staff, we're getting compliments like that as well. And it's just, man, I could, it's just, I'm super thankful for that. It's awesome. It's just really cool. And then who was, I, I can't remember his name. Who was the guy that showed up at our little alcove and just started teaching Arc Nova? I think his name was Matt. That's the other yeah. thing with conventions. <laughs> um, we've had this happen a lot of the time. I think it was when somebody had pulled me aside and was like, Clay, because we, what we did was some of our tournaments weren't running, like that, that room wasn't being utilized to its maximum capacity. So we busted out four extra copies of Arc Nova there just as a, hey, we don't have the staff to run these games, but if you take a demo in the exhibit hall, you could go out there with the knowledge and try to play a game. We got the rule books and everything. Some guy, Matt, not some guy, but Matt went out there. Uh, somebody pulled me aside and was like, hey, Matt, this guy, loves Arc Nova and he just wants to teach people how to play the game. And so he was there like all day, I think on Saturday, just teaching people how to play the game in this event. <laughs> I mean, it was just so, so nice. Like that was awesome. So he was using his own personal copy too. There weren't enough copies. So he pulled the one out of his backpack and was using that one to teach random. I, I think I did not. Know yes. that. <laughs> I think he told me he ended up teaching like 18 or 19 different games he had like two or three running at a time when i when i went into the room so we hooked him up pretty good too so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> <With some stuff. laughs> but yeah that's that's what it's all about i mean if you're gonna help us out we'll help you out in return and i hope that's that's good for them and because it, it was just so the community is just awesome it really is any other, uh, let's see, uh, evening time activities that you were interested in? So uh, let me toss one out. Clay, what did you end up thinking of Too Many Bones? We, we looked at that last year at Origins. And this uh, this year we got got to get you a what hopefully ended up being a little bit better of a demo than what we got last year. 
Yeah, I'm looking because I started using BG stats because uh, of you guys. It's very uh, <laughs> convincing to use this, and it's awesome. He's gonna be sleeving his games now. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> Maybe more on that. But I mean, uh, too many bones was really cool. I, I've I've got it. I wanted to play it, but I just don't have the time to really dig through that rule book and everything. But it's not as bad as what it seems to be, but it's a nice compact experience. Um, very, very fun time. Um, I don't want to get into too much of it, but I just like the mini games that are prevalent throughout the, Oh yeah. You're going on an adventure over the course of days, which can be considered like a game round. And you don't know what's going to happen because it's deck or card driven. And some you get some of these random games that are just fun to play outside of the scope of battling bad guys or baddies as they call them. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was, the- but yeah, it was a, it was a very fun experience. All right, cool, cool, cool. Now and the one that I'm trying to remember the one that, that we played, what was it? It was like rocks and we had to throw, was it, we were, we were throwing like grenades or something yeah, at was- them or explosives. Yeah, you had to clear out the the boulders, okay. and it was like three health tokens on the the back two rows of the battle mat, and um, dice chucking. Um, just don't get those bones, <laughs> and uh, you'll be good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just stuff like that's fun. I mean, you got this whole RPG system with your character unlocking skills. You can't do them all, so you got to kind of carve your own path so each game is going to be different in, in your experience and it's had a great uh great time. i expect i mean that, that was on tuesday so after all the airbnb fiasco maybe that's that's set in a little bit better because we were safely in a nice hilton hotel yeah right you know <laughs> yep had captured so, had, yeah that, that was my captured the table that we were uh we ended up frequenting uh, several times throughout the throughout the oh, couple yeah. days. The perfect game table. Yeah. All right. What uh what other games did did folks want to talk about? I see Petricor on here. Denmead, you got anything to talk about on that one? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think Josh and Cole liked <laughs> it. They 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 found a game that had opacity, and surprise, surprise, Josh. Is that the word we're using? Like opacity. <laughs> yes. I don't think that's the right, right, that's the right word. <laughs> I'll sum up my feelings with what Fulton said. He said it was chaos with more chaos. You can't plan in a. This game is a strategic game based on the number of rounds and how you're kind of building up presence. But the chaos does not allow you to pr- plan strategically. That's my, I don't know. I just, that's my takeaway. It does. It does. It just not the first time you see yeah, it. Yeah. Maybe but you do have to play it more. The first time you see it, there's a few layers there that you have to be able but if to, they want me to, to see what's going to happen. The first experience is going to have to be a little better. <laughs> is the juice worth the squeeze? Oh <laughs> You two stress me out. You stress me out. That was a cool game, though. I mean, it's it's neat for what it does, but it's not my cup of tea. That's all. That's okay. Yeah. Different strokes, man. I, I recognize. I recognize what's cool about it. It's just not my brain's like, nope, not for me. That's okay. Yeah. 
So aside from Arc Nova, uh, we did play Ethnos, which it was okay. Um, Catherine was really cool to debut there. I do like one game that it's not Capstone related. I, I want to talk about. It's at uh, Hatchet or Hachet. I think Hachet. Yeah, they they've got Gijamik. It's a French company. Um, they have a new game called Acropolis. And unfortunately, I was talking to them, and I think their pallet, the shipping delay, kind of hurt them a little bit on the release because they had an air freight in. Oh. Some copies to Origins, and they ran out real quick for good reason. But uh, Gen Con, it should be there. But yeah, this is a tile layer, and it's really fun. And we played a, me and Tim demoed a game and learned the game, played the whole game in under 30 minutes. And it's a, it's got the Cooper Island thing where you're stacking, t- you can stack uh, tiles on top of each other, but you've got four or five different, um, scoring buildings that you're kind of building in, in your own little city as you, that's what these tiles are. And each color of building does requires different uh, placement rules for scoring. So you're trying to maximize these different tiles that you're, you're getting, but how you get the tiles is very fun because it's, uh, it's got that PAX Premier Porfiriana market almost um, where the first tile is in a three player game. There's four tiles available. So the very first tile is free. The second tile is $1 and so forth. Uh, like if you buy the third tile, you're not putting money on the, uh, the previous tiles that's the only difference but it's got that market going for it and once you acquire the tile you have to place it in the in your city that's all you do you you pick a tile put it in your city and then you move on but you can stack on top of each other and when you stack higher and higher they become like a level two or level three it's three times as much points Um, so you're trying to strategically uh, build on top of previously played buildings a lot of fun I really, really had a great time. No, with I thought that. the same thing. I was, I was shocked with how good that twenty-five minute experience was. It was another one of those really compact, uh, both time-wise and space-wise. It wasn't one. Well, it was a tile layer. I mean, it was you. You tend to be building up rather than out, so the the footprint didn't get huge. But it was it was a neat one. I mean, at least, and I, I'm pretty sure we played just the base game. But you know, some of the like one of the building types wanted to be on the outside. One of the building types wanted to be adjacent to other of its type. Uh, one building type wanted to be surrounded. Uh, you know, and so each of them one wanted to be uh, isolated. Right can't touch any of its other colors so with each one you know you're trying to do all of that oh yeah and by the way create some areas which you're okay covering up because if you want to get at a level two level three level four tile you you're covering up some of the stuff that you already placed down so it was a a lot of neat decisions again in such a compact um time and and uh, and space you get, you have to purchase a tile. So the first one is free if you don't have any money. So that's all. You just get a tile and place it. And once all the tiles are gone, that's it. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to pick one up at Gen Con. We can go there together. There you Tammy go. And you. <laughs> Twinsies. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> 
Yeah, that Rumble Nation was really good too. That was another. Um, we played that a few times, and got some crokinole involved at, on the late nights, towards the end when everybody was just beat. Yeah, right. <laughs> just exhausted from. Let's just play some crokinole, man. So who was Josh Demming and Fulton? <laughs> You guys are ridiculously good at that game. Holy cow. <laughs> well, who is the ringer? Who is the who is the 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 guy who showed up not having played a whole lot and just could immediately do it? Was that was that Luke? Luke, I think, yeah. 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 John from the demo team running those event tables, he brought Luke, who was demoing at Chip Theory, and this guy was a natural. I'm not a you know, I don't know Crokinole, but you could just tell this this guy could hit almost any shot he needed to hit and he would do it constantly. He must have some Canadian in his <laughs> it's blood. It's gotta be. It's that maple syrup. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. That and the affinity for shuffleboard. Uh-huh. Yes. Speaking of food, Fulton, what, what type of food did you, uh, did you like while we were, uh, while we were there? All of the food. I was going to say, all the food, but maybe uh, maybe onion rings. Yes. I, I think you like some onion oh rings, if gosh. I remember correctly. That was our first night too, Tuesday. Yeah, at uh, Bear Burger. It was probably yeah. They have the best onion rings I've ever had, hands down. Yeah, that was like a cakey. It was almost like a donut on the outside, and then you had the onion ring on the inside. It was a real. It was like dessert to me. It was really good. We did uh, one of my favorites for dinner. If I'm going to jump in here on that, is I think it was Friday. Was it Friday night when we we took the trail boss out? Or was that a different night? That was Friday night. I was beat. I don't know what happened, man. Usually it's Saturday that I'm dead, but Friday I was just like, I I am so exhausted, and we went to Fiesta Mariachi outside of town, like on the Outer Belt Highway. And it was just nice just to get in the, the truck together and escape downtown Columbus a little bit and just go to a regular hometown Mexican restaurant. And, oh, my God, that food was so good. That was my favorite dinner and uh, basically meal the entire time we were there. Just hit all the right spots for me. Margarita was great. The food was awesome. Just a really good atmosphere. No, that was, uh, and again, the kind of like what you're saying, it wasn't like an amazing, it wasn't an amazing downtown experience or anything like that, but the food was just spot on and exactly what that Friday night, you know, after a couple, a couple, uh, a couple days of prep and a couple days of the convention, it was exactly what we needed uh, on that night. So totally agree. Although I do have to uh, ask a question. What did we drive? Because trail boss. Oh, trail Clay boss. said the truck, and I, I couldn't boss. remember trail what he was talking about. So it's a trail boss. <laughs> trail boss. Got it. Okay. <laughs> it's not a it's not a trail employee, it's a trail boss. How <laughs> <laughs> about the uh the tacos? How about the tacos we had at Agave and Rye? The cheese the cheese? Yeah, the cheese tacos. <laughs> <laughs> The cheese that had a little bit of meat with it. A little bit of taco shell. It's just. Uh, what'd you guys think? I liked it. I, I thought it was real good. 
I'm t- trying to remember the uh, the mm. cocktails we had as well. They had a couple specials on those. Wasn't one of them a peach? Mine was like a peach something habanero something something. It's like a smoothie yeah, almost, right. I think. Yeah, that was really good. I had a damn it. I don't remember what it was. It was like it was almost I feel like it was iced tea, like iced tea-ish with some peach in there. But I don't know. It was bourbon. It was like their bourbon day or something. Like Tuesdays, their bourbon right. day. You guys Wednesday. had bourbon peach punch. Okay. Which yep, was that sounds right. bourbon, peach juice, ginger, ginger beer, and lime. And I had the bourbon, good. black cherry, and mango habanero slushy, which was every bit as amazing as it sounds. Yeah, you were talking about it's got these layers. Yeah. <laughs> like as you're drinking it. it- it's crazy. You tasted everything and then had that nice little back end of the heat from the habanero. It was perfect. Yeah. I was a little jealous, a little salty. I did not get the the smoothie. That was that was pretty good. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I thought the food was a little overdone, like a little over uh the pre- the presentation was a little much for tacos. It was just like let's calm down and get back to street tacos. <laughs> it, we don't need to go. It was. It, it was a little overdone. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Like I, I got you get one of the meals is three tacos. I'm like, because you either order a la carte and get all these random named tacos, and they're like fifteen dollars each, or you get three tacos for like twelve. <laughs> I'm like, oh, these will be smaller. And, and I couldn't even. Were no, they and they weren't. weren't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. That was that was my biggest like. Yeah, that was okay. For oh, really? Me, but all the other food we had was really yeah. good. Yeah, I just didn't care about that much. Now you, but the drinks were play. Good. You hit a Greek place. I didn't catch the name of it, but it seemed like you had a real good, real good meal there. Was it a lunch? Yeah, Happy Greek. Uh, yeah, it was like three o'clock on one day. I just, I was like, I need to eat, obviously. But uh, walked out there and um, just had a salmon, some kind of maybe it was snapper. Uh, Euro platter or whatever, and it was so good. It was just, it was nice. It was quiet in there. <laughs> it was a good time. How about the char bar? I, yeah, I was going to talk <laughs> okay. about that. Yeah, you guys, that, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, was. we went there, and it's a, it's definitely a hole in the wall bar. Um, we went out to the back patio, and we had some stogies and. Played some. Did we play abandoned all artichokes out there? I think. Yep. Yeah, just kind of relaxed and had a good time. What'd you guys think of that place? I think we got. It's kind of. I rough. think we got catfished a little bit. I thought I had heard they were they had food, and then we got there, and I I think that that went south pretty quick. I think it was one of those places where you had to order from like the place next door and have it delivered, kind yeah. of plate, kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Because they, they have chips. We got chips and pretzels. <laughs> yes. I don't know. As a as a non-drinker, non-smoker, I was just kind of like, eh, it's it's a place that has a table. That's all I really care about. Yeah, we had a we had a good spot out there. The weather was pretty chilly for June in Columbus. I thought it was. I mean, was it in the sixties that or something like that? It wasn't in the seventies, was it? 
I don't think it was. It was, I think it was, it was really it was chilly. around 70. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was thinking. I, okay. I, I guess the, the thin-skinned Cincinnatans just can't <laughs> handle it. Yeah, you guys, you guys got that Cleveland whatever, <laughs> I don't know, snow stuff that you're used to up there? Who's Ugh. in Cleveland? <laughs> I thought it was too warm, so I'm on the other end of the spectrum from you. Yeah, nobody's nobody's yeah. in Cleveland. <laughs> I know. It's, it's called Canton or Akron. You know, other cities in if the it's north. East of Columbus. <laughs> it's in Ohio. It must be Cleveland. Okay. <laughs> All right. Exactly. Once you get north of Mansfield, <laughs> you're in Cleveland. You've made it. <laughs> no, yeah. I I thought it was chilly, but the weather was great. We sunny out, but um yeah, we had we had good food, man. Columbus has pretty good food. Yeah, it was. And that's anything else you guys got on the food? Uh, got a chance to uh to partake in the uh hot chicken takeover again. That's always a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Until the takeover happens. It's always good <laughs> until the takeover. <laughs> And I've only, I only had it last year, last year for the first time, but, um, but yeah, uh, last year got it twice this year, got it once. And yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. I, I just love that stuff. The weight, the weight was a little rough. Yeah. They get slammed. They have that whole, they had a huge section upstairs too. And it gets, it's pretty bad. Yeah. We did, we did not go at a good time and we were, uh, there were three of us that were standing, standing and waiting for quite a while. Yeah, my I'm glad you guys went because my stomach does not agree with deep fried food like that. I can't can't handle that. Just does not work for me. So so weak. So weak, man. Like I can't do the cold. Can't do <laughs> deep fried food. <laughs> I had I, did you guys see the uh the Indian food place? Um I think it's called Taste of No, it's not Taste of India. But there's a there's an Indian spot in North Market. And I had, I, I just had the guy make a meal. I was like, Hey, I, I just want some chicken and, and rice and something on the side. And can you like pick something that you would like to eat? And cause I, I've never really had traditional Indian food and, um, he, he got some stuff together and that was a really good. Oh, that's so good. That's man. cool. Like, yeah. Just enjoy. Like it's the special treatment wherever he goes. I, just, like, hey, I don't know what I'm guy. getting here. Um, can you just and like basically give me something that you would like and show me some stuff? And it's like, sure. So he hooked me up. It was good. I think we hit everything other than uh, um, frequenting Mikey's late night slice a couple times. Yeah. Cause that was a, that was another thing I know. Uh, what was, it? I think two nights we ended up going there and it was, it, it was just a perfect, perfect ending to the, uh, to the evening. <laughs> Shockingly. Yeah. Yeah. Except for clay. Cause there was too much grease. Yeah, that was, I don't know what you guys got me, man. It was really greasy, like skin flap <laughs> crust. <laughs> like just flopping around. It was so gross. <laughs> uh, I've had we had it last year and it was really good. I don't know. Maybe it was just that piece in the head. Must have been. 
I did like, uh, we took, uh, so usually when we restock the booth, just an ancillary note, um, we, we had to get the truck and you drive throughout downtown Columbus with it and go to the loading dock. It's just cumbersome. But with the trail boss there. Trail boss. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Me, me and Fulton went the first time and um, loaded up some Arc Nova in the in the truck bed with some Terra Mystica Big Box and other games and just were able to drive over to the convention center and pull wide up to the door and throw it in the booth. And I think you guys did another run out there as well. Yeah, we went Sunday morning. Yep. Yeah, we needed that bad. And yeah, it, it was so much more convenient. So now I'm like looking at different trucks and stuff <laughs> and getting ads on Facebook. It's really weird. I don't know how what's what's going on right now, but I'm sorry, why would you look at why would you look at different trucks? You already know the truck <laughs> that you need. I, know. I just want to know what's out there. <laughs> If you want to get a trail employee, <laughs> go look at other trucks. But, I mean, you want the trail boss. <laughs> or as uh, Dave called it one day, the trail mid-level manager. <laughs> oh, it's, it's higher level yeah. than that. Let's be serious. That's that's the trail executive. It's the definitely executive level. That's great. But yeah, that was that was very nice uh, compared to previous years, being able to do that. So much appreciated. Absolutely. Josh, for letting Let's use the trail boss. That's great. Trail bossing. But yeah, that was that was it. I mean, we got a crappy dock when we had to load up. Oh, holy cow! It was at an angle, and yeah, it's just you had to take the pallets down the ramp and then up into the truck. It was a really weird. But we made it work, and, and it was it was the last. Out of there. It was the last one of the building, wasn't it? Yeah, the the marshalling yard was slammed. Uh, I was lucky enough to get a dock. It was looking pretty rough to get one. Uh, but hey, I would have taken that over waiting in line because, man, that's the thing is like when you're done with the show, you just want to get out of there and you got to go to the marshalling yard and put your name in and you never know how long it's going to be. And honestly, like I always feel so bad when I have to go get the truck and everybody's still at the booth doing stuff. And it's like, I want to give the keys to somebody else to do that so I can be at the booth. You know what I mean? That's, that's something I want to do. And like at Gen Con, well, that I gotta be honest. I mean, if anybody's cool with driving. The yeah. The, well, and that was something that honestly, it, it, the booth teardown went very smoothly. Yeah. The staff, the envoy team yeah. helped out. I was not expecting right. that. And we took everything down in a matter of, 30 right. minutes. It was fast. Yeah. Then, I mean, then at, at that point, That's it cool. was just a matter of, you know, pulling up the, the carpet, throwing it in a box and, and calling it good. So no, it's a, it's pretty easy going there at the, uh, at the end. That was, that was nice. Okay, cool. So I'm looking forward to Gen Con. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll have a good time there. Were there any, uh, you said there was the ticketed event for Arc Nova. Was, was that the big one or were there any other activities that uh, we wanted to talk no, about? No, we've got, we're doing 
I, I put a little bit of investment into Gen Con this year too. We've got nine tables that are being run by the Envoy team outside the exhibit hall. Oh, wow. Kind of like what John was doing with those three tables in Origins, but this is going to be nine tables. And um, from what I understand, it's going to be a library of games where they can people can just pick a game and, and somebody will teach them. Oh, that's cool. Right there. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So... Uh, but yeah, Gen Con's coming right around the corner and man, it's going to be here before we know it. And that's, that's exciting. I mean, this, this show from what I'm getting some feedback, early feedback is it's going to be pretty packed. I think it's going to be a, a monster. Show, oh, that's awesome. Which I hope it is. Very good. Looking forward to it. But yeah, that's me. Okay. <laughs> Cue the music. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. To continue the conversation, please join our Discord server and toss a question or a comment in the podcast questions channel. These can range from industry questions or game preferences all the way to personal day-to-day questions. With that, we'll catch you next time beyond the table. Good night, everybody. See you later. Later, guys. Peace out. Done. Got it done. Done again. <laughs> yeah, Jan- into January was the last podcast we had. So say February was last post date. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah, we went went basically a year. Yeah. Doing them every month, and then we had um, basically a half year off, or uh, yeah, five months off. But that'll work. I want to get back into it or doing streaming or something, man. I really want to get into that sometime. I just don't know. Well, and that's, I was wondering. Yeah, that was good. I'm glad we did that. Yeah, very good. No, thanks for mentioning it. Like I said, I was, I was leaning toward it as well. So as soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah, I know that. That makes sense. Uh, streaming. I know you have all the stuff. Is it a matter of basically mm-hmm. setting setting up a time and figuring out if you want to do it live or if you want to do it online or or what? Yeah, I want to do it with a game that doesn't have cards unless we can figure out how to do... Somebody... Was it one of you guys that was telling me they, they know how to do what Rado does with cards? That you basically overlay. just need like a, a camera. Tim was camera. Yeah. And then a green piece of paper. Right, what if the card has green on it? Then use uh, like mono, uh, the, the blue color. A different color. And usually, <clears throat> unless the green is extremely bright, it's usually pretty good, depending on what uh, program you're using. <laughs>